America. My name is Armio Frimpong. I wanted to get a few things off my chest because it's not obvious that there are social conditions to political government. And a lot of people think that there are only political solutions to political problems, but sometimes the malady is held by a, um, a social infelicity that's upholding the bad politics. Right? So there's this idea that if you want, uh, for example, if you are hardcore pro-choice and you want people to be able to have abortions um, when they want abortions because they want abortions, then you need to get a law that enables uh, people to do that. But that's not actually not your problem. Your problem is you have a large population that actually believes that sometimes abortions can be considered murder, right? So you need to look at the institutions that's up, that's upholding that standing belief and actually address that, right? There are lots of ways to be Catholic. Many, especially Latin American Catholics uh, in Latin America, like take the work of justice. <laughs> you got some no-nonsense Jesuits down there in Latin America uh, who take the work of justice aspect of Catholicism very seriously, right? A little bit more seriously than the anti-abortion aspect of Catholicism. So what you need to do if you're actually serious about a pro-choice politics is address Catholicism and transform Catholicism. We don't ban religions here, but we do say that like there are other aspects of this religion that we need to emphasize and uh, de-emphasize this aspect, right? So you need to go after the social condition that's upholding a particular um, uh, political viewpoint. That's the same thing with like, I don't know, Mormons and gay marriage, right? You, you can emphasize other aspects of the LDS religion that was more like, that just didn't care about gay marriage as much, right? So there are social conditions that lead to political beliefs. And if you just address the political beliefs through laws addressing the political processes, you're not actually going to, uh, you're not actually addressing the issue. You're circumventing the issue, right? So we like to think that a lot of our political problems have to do, and we do have political process problems. We do have political process problems that are, um, that need to be addressed. For example, I think Congress people should have to debate their primary challengers. If you're going to be a political party, you can't treat political parties like private club, clubs. They're political, they're political groups. So if you're going to be a political party, you need to have really transparent processes in terms of primaries. And you need to act, we need to actually say, look, if you're going to be a political party, all primaries need to be, uh, all primary challengers need to be able to call for debates, right? So you need, there are political solutions to political problems, but there are also social solutions and social conditions that uphold political problems. Let's say, for example, Part of what I was as a father was to, what I understood as a father is to teach my kid that paying taxes, any taxes in America is theft and stealing. I'm teaching my kid not to pay taxes and it's my right as a father to teach my kid not to pay taxes. And if you tell me I'm doing it, then you are, you are impinging my, on my right as a father and my ability to teach my kid as I want to as a father to not pay taxes and to cheat to not pay taxes. You would rightly, if that were my view of fatherhood, you would rightly say that my view of fatherhood is not consistent with self-governance, with democratic self-governance where we all decide what money to pay and then that money becomes taxes and we all decide and, like, and then we are bound by the decision that we have made as participants in the self-governing apparatus. Like... The understanding of fatherhood that I am promulgating is inconsistent with democratic self-governance, and it would be a public project 
to say to that person, look, the way you are doing fatherhood is inconsistent with the democratic ideals. It's un-American. And then that father would say, like, I can be a father and I can be American any way I want. And, and you would, and, and I think a responsible public would say, like, actually, you can't. Um, you, I mean, I'm not going to police what you say to your kids, but you're doing it badly. And it's a problem for our democracy. So you, can, so you might be able to call yourself a good father and a good um, American, but I'm going to make it my policy to make sure that everybody else calls you a bad father and a bad American because it's actually not good for America to teach your kid to cheat on taxes no matter what, right? It's not actually consistent with the principles of self-governance. And then that father can say like, look, how dare you? How dare you tell my kid that my fatherhood, my conception of fatherhood is inadequate. You, I teach my kid in this household, I teach my kid to honor their parents, right? So you're teaching my kid something that's against my religion and my religion tells me to honor my parents and you're teaching my kid in your school, in your heathen school, not to honor me. So not only are you attacking my understanding of fatherhood, you're, understand, you're attacking my understanding of religion and that is inappropriate. To which I think a responsible populist would say like, yes, I'm, under I'm, I'm attacking your understanding of fatherhood because your understanding of fatherhood is consistent with your children not paying taxes. <laughs> and your understanding, and I'm attacking your religion because your religion's consistent with upholding a notion of fatherhood that is that that tells kids not that's uncritical, that tells kids not to question their parents about the ideology that one should never pay taxes no matter what. And I need Americans to question that ideology. So if that ideology implicates your religion and that ideology ideology implicates your understanding of fatherhood, then your religion and your fatherhood need, your understanding of fatherhood need to be redressed. Not outright banned. I'm not going to put you in jail for having a distorted notion of fatherhood and religion, but I am going to talk about your distorted notion of fatherhood and religion and encourage other people to talk about your distorted notion of fatherhood and religion in a way that uh, lets you know that that is inappropriate. Um, and yeah, and if you take your kid asking you about your distorted notion of fatherhood and religion as a disrespect of your notion of fatherhood and religion, then, like, sorry. Like, that's part of our deal in growing and cultivating a populace that's actually consistent with self-governance. Self-governance. I need a populace that understands that it should pay its taxes in fairly adjudicated procedures, even if that goes against your understanding of fatherhood or your understanding of religion. Right? So do you understand how there are social conditions to actually democratic self-governance? And you need, if we're serious about democratic self-governance, we need to actually redress those social conditions and the ideology that, that supports those social identities. So what we need to do is fight, if that's the case, where it's the case where like there's a father who says, my identity as a father is telling my kid not to pay taxes. And my identity as a Christian is having my kid honor their father. And if you teach my kid to pay taxes, it's dishonorable and unchristian. Then we need to actually go at, there's a political imperative to socially go at that ideology of Christianity and that ideology of fatherhood and create a different, we don't want to get rid of ideology. We don't want to get rid of Christianity. We don't want to get rid of fatherhood because there are ways to do it better, but there's a political imperative now 
to socially organize to uh, to uh, kind of buttress healthier notions of fatherhood and more notions of fatherhood that are consistent with you know the American project and healthier notions of of Christianity that are consistent with the American project, right? So there are social conditions that could either frustrate or uphold that either do frustrate or either or uphold certain political visions. And so if you're serious about political progress, you have to go at the social ground out of which, um, you know, the politics grows. You know, there's a famous kind of uh, footnote in Hegel's philosophy of right, where he talks about Napoleon trying to impose uh, constitution onto Spain, but Spain was shot through with parochialism and like little like fiefdom and hierarchies, and it, like the, that was fundamentally inconsistent with the idea of a rule of law and equality before the law. And 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 Hegel flatly said that Napoleon failed because they Spain didn't have the social conditions for constitutional governance. You needed to address the social conditions. For example, if you tell if you teach. If you have a religion and a society that thinks that women shouldn't go outside, shouldn't debate, shouldn't talk to politics, and shouldn't think, that's not a society that's ready for democratic self-governance where women vote and vie for office and participate, right? So um, as equals on a par with their male counterparts. Right? So you have a social problem for the political problem. You, you can't just drop ballot boxes and have that solve the problem because you have a social disease with political consequences. You can't just drop ballot boxes in that society and think, well, you know, we'll fix it that way. No, you need to fix the understanding of religion. You need to understand, fix the understanding of gender and you need to fix the understanding of families and a lot of other things in order to enable a real democratic politics. That's not fixed by just airdropping ballot boxes. Right? So there are social conditions to political maladies. There are social conditions to political ideologies and political behavior. And if you're actually serious about changing political behavior in the long term, you have to look at the social ground that's upholding some of this infelicitous political behavior. Now let's just take it to race, because that's where this ends anyway. Look, if you are a parent and you're teaching your kid that making black people whole in the United States is optional, you are screwing up parenthood. And you're screwing up parenthood in a way that's a problem for the justice claims of black people in the United States. And I say this because, you know, Gendron, the, the shooter at the grocery store in Buffalo, got the gun from his mom. Right? So there, I, need, I need a lot of evidence that tells me that they were doing parenthood well in the gendered household. Right? So that distorted notion of parenthood led to led to uh, like a mass shooting. You could say, well, the parents weren't racist. Uh, you know, the parents weren't anti-racist. <laughs> Why are you giving your gun? Who'd, you gun? who'd your son think the gun was for to shoot? If you're, if you're massing arms in the United States, are you really worried about a foreign invasion? Um, people say, well, you know, I'm amassing it in case the government wants to do what? Do what? Take your guns? You're amassing guns in case the government wants to take your guns. No. Ultimately, the target of those guns is going to be us, black people. And they want the right to defend themselves against our justice claims. So that is a distortion notion of family that led to a quality of entitlement that led to, you know, 
shots fired. Right? So what we have to understand is, and there's, you know, there are so many Christian nationalists who are vaguely white supremacists, but honestly, they're white supremacists. That's a problem with Christianity. That's a problem with that iteration of Christianity. So you need a liberation theology. You need a better version of Christianity. Even if we can get somehow overwhelm these people in the ballot box, that's not going to matter because the social conditions will just keep reproducing white Christian nationalists. So we need to actually go at the church as Christians to make a better church. So we need liberation theology churches, right? Right. So and then like the general organs, um, uh, like public education, where we should teach people labor history. We should teach people actually the history of war. I found out some things about Korea, the Korean War. We killed civilians because they were civilians. We carpet bombed, not just to clear out brush, but to like, we did awful things in the Korean War that I should have learned about in six, like when I was 16 years old. And I think had I learned about six, like these things in the Korean War, I would have been more anti-war than I am today. And I would have spent my life being anti-war. But instead, I was given propaganda that we weren't horrible war criminals. And honestly, once you look at what we did in Korea, you'll look at what Putin's doing in, in Ukraine and just think, well, it's all in the game. So we need to change the game. Um, because, and then also Cambodia, but like what we did, and this is a generation ago, it's really, it's really shameful. And now you kind of understand why we went so smoothly into like casually invading Libya and Iraq and like bombing weddings with drones because we're monsters. Right, and we need to change our monstrous culture with respect to war. And we're acculturated to being monsters because we're not, our monstrosity is not taught in schools. And I think we should teach our monstrosity in schools and then let the people decide and debate it out what kind of monsters they want to be. But if we don't teach our monstrosities in schools, then we can't actually develop through, you know, interrogating ourselves. But so, we don't teach where wealth comes from. We don't teach where black poverty comes from. So, and, and so people aren't socially prepared to have the political discussion. And then if we do teach where wealth and black poverty comes from, and then those students go home and have conversations with their parents, their parents will be offended at the school for fracturing their family. So now there's a schism in the family that was, seems to be induced not by, you know, the family's aversion to truth, which is the problem, but rather the school teaching the truth. And then that leading to uncomfortable conversation. And then parents will say, like, it is, your, it is my right as a parent to, keep, to expect you to keep my child ignorant of the truth. To which we should say, no, that is a distorted notion of parenthood, and we need you to have a better notion of parenthood. And we need to go after that notion of parenthood, where it's the parent, these white parents are entitled to keep, for the nation to keep their children ignorant. For the health of their family. The health of their family depends on little Johnny not knowing the truth about Papa's inheritance, right? So, or, you know, why are all the black kids in their class like broke and quasi-degraded and none of them get like taken up into the gifted and talented schools, uh, cl uh, classes. We could pretend that it's just uh, 
We can pretend that it's just a coincidence. But what happens is if you don't teach kids the truth, they form their own racist like reasons and why that's the case. And that's the dereliction of duty in, in our, our public um, responsibility to grow the quality of citizens that we need to actually govern with, right? So if we're serious about a political democracy, if we're serious about democratic self-governance, we need to be serious about making sure that all of the social conditions, religions, understanding of families, understanding of jobs, what jobs mean, all of those social conditions uphold democratic self-governance responsible democratic self-governance and that is how you change you know a real political sensibility but if you if you just try to do it with power politics from the top down without actually doing the social intervention and going at and fixing these uh, social institutions then uh it's ultimately a hollow victory it's ultimately a hollow victory and you won't really solve problems like if you have a white nationalist Christianity law in an America that actually upholds freedom of religion, then laws trying to banish that white national Christianity aren't going to do it. You need to transform the white national Christianity into another form of religion, even another form of Christianity. Right? And th that's completely part. And you transform it by like actually funding and supporting alternative and so just supporting the growth of alternative versions of non-white nationalist Christianity, Christianity that actually, like, you know, might be closer to the word. Um, so, you know, I've said before, and I'll say it again, just in case people just watch this video. If you start a leftist organization in your town, you need to pair it with a liberation theology church. You need to pair it with a left version of focus on the family um, that... Yeah, yeah, you need a pair that so that supports family and like from a left perspective. I I did some writing about what look supporting family politics from a left perspective. Looks like I guess I'll put the um the thing, the the article in the in the description. But if you just have leftist politics but center right or right or conservative or traditional um social understandings, then your leftist politics will not actually lead to racial justice because society's organized in order to uphold racial injustice, especially anti-black racial injustice. We know we're okay with brown people. Like, you know, they can be provisional as long as they're going to be okay with the anti-black project, which is so fundamental to the United States, which keeps black people poor at the community level. Right? So if you want political change, you need a social revolution and many different social revolutions um, upholding the different kind of mutually reinforcing uh, social institutions that support kind of an awful political project. And you can't just do that with political change. You need to do it with social change. And you need to talk in terms of how do we get better understandings of fatherhood? How do we get better understanding of motherhood such that you need John, and this is why I created the John Brown White's video, such that what it is to be a parent is to teach your kid that their job as a responsible American, a responsible Christian, and a responsible person is to figure out a way to make black people whole. That's what it is to be a parent, to transmit that to your kid. And if you're not transmitting that to your kid, you might as well, like, it's just as bad as, like, not 
teaching them how to brush your teeth, right? Like it's just as bad as not teaching them how to read. We need that as an understanding of parenthood. And if that's not your understanding of parenthood, then your parenthood is, your understanding of parenthood is a problem for racial justice, right? And you're a bad parent. We need to start talking those terms. You are just as bad as not teaching your kid how to read. You're teaching your kid how to be an irresponsible American. Thank you for your time. And I hope that was clear about how we need to address the social conditions of political behavior, not just change political behavior, but actually address the social conditions while honoring the institutions as institutions of freedom. Remember, I didn't want to ban Christianity. I didn't want to ban parenthood. I need it because I think both of like religion and families are institutions of freedom, but we need to transform them in a way that mutually reinforces to uphold a political vision that is appropriate with, that like is consistent with and supportive of securing racial and labor justice. All right, thank you for your time. And you know, if you support anything I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com, kick in 515 or $50 a month because I'm giving you the quality of education and political insight you're not getting anywhere else, but you should, but you should. Everyone should tell you that a lot of our political problems are actually social problems. And if you just have political solutions that aren't aimed at actually changing social processes, it's, it's, it's all hollow. You could have, you know, abortion on demand all you want. The pro your problem right now is some varieties of evangelical Christianity and some varieties of Catholicism that, you know, uphold uh, abortion as like the primary reason for their religion's being. Until you perform those understandings of religion, you'll always kind of be on the gun. Abortion is just one issue, but there are other issues. Um, thank you. Yeah, and if your understanding of parenthood is that you shouldn't have to, if your understanding of parenthood and you're white is that you shouldn't have to hear hard questions or field hard questions from your kid about what whiteness means in the United States, then you have a distorted understanding of what it is to be a U.S. parent. Raising a, a, you know, a U.S. citizen. And that's a problem for black people and black parents and black citizens securing justice. Thank you for your time. And I will talk to you uh, later this week.